Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. And today I've got the adorable gals from Arkansas Pelvic Health. They are pelvic floor therapists. They are magicians. Get it? They'll tell you why you should never jig pee, which means you empty your bladder just in case. And they'll also tell you some things you could do at home to tighten your core. Bethany and Beth Ann are great resources and you'll get to meet them right after this. Guess who's on the RalstonFamilyFarms.com site right now? Well, that would be me because this food ain't going to cook itself. Yeah, I'm on the recipe link. That's where I go all the time because even as a meat-based dieter, meat is the majority of my food. I often have rice and then I have fruit too. They, they're the rice people. They're not the fruit people. They're the rice people. Non-GMO product grown right here in Arkansas. The sustainability, you can read about it there. You can read their story. Ten generations of farming, guys. I mean, it's very impressive. And they are the sweetest family, the Ralstons. And I love what they do. I love the fact that when you go to their website, you can see the recipe ideas. And I use them all the time. So one of my favorite things is I just did the purple rice last week. I cooked down the ground beef. I put the seasoning. I like. I then serve it over the rice, the purple rice I cooked in my bone broth. So I know that I'm getting collagen and all the things. And then um, I fry an egg, put it on top. I know your mouse watering, isn't it? And then I also uh, put some cheese and sour cream and if I had some tomatoes, whatever. So that's what I do. I incorporate the recipes from RalstonFamilyFarms.com. White chicken chilies there, some kind of good grits. Oh, I did the cheese grits too last week. Maybe I had two different nights where I had a Ralston product, which is very common around here. Oh, the Nature's Blend Hummus Bowls. Stop it. It's on their website. Check them out and shop with them. If you are anywhere that they sell Ralston Family Farms rice and they do all over the country, you need to click buy now. Let's talk burgers just a moment. If you're in central Arkansas, there's one name that comes to mind and your mouth might water too. It's David's Burgers. Davidsburgers.com. 10 locations. They've been around 10 years, but you know, they're not a first generation burger house. They came from the folks up in Russellville. A lot of people remember CJ's Butcher Boy, I think is what it's called known for their good burgers. That's what David's Burgers does. You'll see the meat in the case that they just got in and they it's ground up and then they put it into burgers. And so for someone like me who has a meat-based diet, I do eat other things, um, it's an easy drive-through or really we go in and sit down. We like sitting down in there. We like the customer service. And yeah, even though I'm meat-based, have you had their french fries? You'll love their french fries. You'll love all the food at David's Burgers. You'll love knowing that by supporting the Bubba's family, by, by shopping with them, you are then helping, in the end, charities because they work with Project Zero and some other Arkansas charities. That's what I love about them. They're a great family. And they have even better food than they are great families. So I'm telling you, the food is really, really good. Check them out, davidsburgers.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, this podcast episode is probably the most important of your life if you are human. I was going to say if you're a girl, but you even help the boys. Right, right. And we're talking about pelvic therapy. And the first thing I learned, because I'm a customer, and that's why I'm in my customer clothing today. I went and I did my workout. I didn't come to Arkansas Pelvic Health, but I go to the gym and I do the workout because, you know, you get sent home with the instructions. Yes. And there I am doing a penguin walk, which is so important. We'll talk about in a minute. But the first thing I learned the first week I was there and it blew my mind. Stop holding. Wait, stop peeing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? So our mothers told us empty your bladder when you have the urge or right before, if you're going to, Oh, y'all are stopping for drinks. You don't have to pee, but go ahead and pee. Cause mm -hmm. my mother said, you're going to get a, a UTI. Right. Are those myths? I mean, I think that the moms did that out of convenience. Like, you know, you don't want to stop the car on your way somewhere if they could just pee before they leave the house. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. But it can, you know, holding urine for a long time, of course, can cause a UTI, but not for a few hours. Yeah. You should be able to delay an urge for a bit of time. Yeah. And I know as a mom of three kids, four and under, like, it's really, it's hard when you're like, okay, let's go pee before we get in the car. And that's like, if we're in the car a long time, that's it. We call it a jick pee, like a just in case pee. Like sometimes oh, they're acceptable. The, I do the jick all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stop the stop jick. The stop it. So, stop the jick. you know, the jick teaches your bladder that it can only hold a certain amount of fluid. So if you are peeing when you don't really need to go, it's just a convenience pee, a jick pee, then and your bladder can hold 500 milliliters of water. That's a whole water bottle. Mm -hmm. And you're jicking when it's 100 milliliters, less than half full, then your bladder starts to sound the alarms that you have to pee when you don't have to. And so then you get these people that are like, I'm peeing all the time. I Mm -hmm. have the tiny bladder. My grandma had it too. (laughs) When really it was just that you trained your bladder to go ahead and send me those alarms when I'm less than halfway full. Okay. I always call it, it wasn't it just in case it's while we're up, <laughs> while we're out, <laughs> while I'm here and right. I've done it so much. So three weeks ago was my first time to be a client at Arkansas Pelvic Health. And when Bree told me that and I fell over, I died just a moment <laughs> there at uh, your facility. Um, since, been <laughs> since then I have made my bladder I've trained it, y'all. It can now go three and four hours. Isn't that in interesting the day? how quickly yes. you were able to switch it? You know that commercial they always like where the bladder's like carrying the human or like those little memes? Because like it, it truly becomes like that. But it's such a simple educational fix that we can teach people so that you can not have to worry when you go somewhere like, oh my gosh, where's the bathroom? I'm going to have to go. Or like, you always. plan your life around where bathrooms are. Like, we're not going to do that anymore, people. Uh-uh. I always. So I'm not a coffee drinker, and I know that's a diuretic, but I do drink, you know, just some water in the morning. I don't drink like a whole cup like a lot of people because I kind of take my thyroid medicine and move on. So let's say hypothetically, in a Lisa Fisher day, I get up at six, um, I empty my bladder, and I go downstairs, and I have take my thyroid medicine and maybe a few ounces of water. And then a lot of times I go work out then about 7.30. So automatically at 7.30, I emptied my bladder because I was going to work out. And then I would come home, let's say 8.30. And if I had a podcast interview, I would empty my bladder because I thought, well, I'm going to be on a podcast. Now I'm going at six and I'm doing all those things. And it's 10 o'clock before I truly feel like I have a full bladder. And when I go, it's like, the horse at the horse races. I mean, it is a full on pee and I'm giddy. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of my bladder. Yeah. Because it learns, you know, it learns to hold, but you should typically, if you're drinking a normal amount of fluids, um, be able to hold two to three hours. And so you have a little bit of a longer hold there, but your fluids are also really low at that stage in the morning. Um, Me, my stage of life, my fluids are very high in the morning because I'm like coffee, water, second coffee. And that water's in between. Yeah. Water in between only because I'm pelvic floor PT and I know I'm not going to drink two coffees in a row without giving myself a little water. (laughs) Okay. Well, and that's probably the same philosophy you need when you drink alcohol or do other yeah, things. Right. That yeah, are... we call it the water sandwich. So like sandwiching the water, water sandwich. Yeah, because you water, bladder irritant, water, we sandwich it. So that dilutes the concentration of your urine because when we have bladder irritants, our urine becomes more concentrated, which is it's what gives us that urgency, that frequency, that leakage that will happen because our bladder is like, oh, don't want that. Let's get it out. It's very similar to like reflux. You you know, you probably have people in your life that have like um, acid reflux. You know, they know if they eat tomatoes or whatever, they need to take a Tums. So the bladder can reflux. And that's not what I'm talking about here, but it's almost like that. It's like where your bladder's like, get this out of here. It's too acidic. And so we see urgency, frequency, leakage. So if you can give almost give a Tums right to your bladder just by getting some more water in, you can hold more. That is amazing. Now, what about at night? Let's talk about someone who's of childbearing years and then mm-hmm. postmenopausal women. What, mm-hmm. how much nocturnal polyuria should we, how many times should we be getting up in the middle of the night before we're concerned? 
Right. So zero to one is what we would like because we don't want you getting up. But obviously, if you're, you know, we have those people who don't drink water at all during the day. And then we have people who like shove in their fluids at nighttime. So remember, like the bladder holds that 16 ounce mark of fluid. So if you're going to drink all of your fluids at night, you're going to expect to wake up more. But we would like it to be zero to one. That's considered in our normal range. And postmenopausal one is pretty much the answer. But of course, fluids matter Mm -hmm. and other issues matter too. So if you have sleep apnea or you grind your teeth and you're not getting into that REM sleep, Mm -hmm. that antidiuretic hormone isn't producing. So your kidneys are processing like it's daytime. So you're going to be up more. So that is a measure that we measure on people. How much are you waking up? And then we start thinking about blood sugar, sleep apnea, fluids and irritants like it's much more than just what you put in affects what goes out now i'm a thyroid patient and that's and i'm a thyroid advocate truly i am it's it's what got me interested in health with my own hypothyroidism uh 20 years ago and the doctor that trained me so just really discipled me took me under his wing even said you ought to go to medical school. And I said, you know, I'm not smart. I just know, I remember, I have a really good memory about thyroids. But the one thing he explained to me was the antidiuretic mm-hmm. is also a part of um, the pituitary thyroid adrenal access. So, or it's, the thyroid has a lot, the thyroid is the gas pedal to the body people. And so if your gas pedal is not working, nothing works. Right. And he said, because that was a symptom for me in the beginning of low hypothyroidism, was nocturnal polyuria, getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night and not having to pee a lot. That was what bothered me. I said, it told me it was time. And he said, because your antidiuretic is the signals are crossed and things aren't right. So Mm -hmm. I never realized that it's a broader scope. Estrogen and low Mm -hmm. estradiol have something to do with that. Um, In fact, I know when I'm at the end of my pellet, because I do an estradiol bioidentical hormone uh, replacement therapy, extra estradiol pellet, I know because sometimes I'm have to wake up in the middle of the night. And in fact, when I leave here in 45 minutes, I'm going to have my pellet. So I'll be singing again, the hallelujah chorus at about eight this afternoon, eight, eight tonight. But it's just amazing how the body works together for all the communication. Right. So, you know, pelvic floor therapy, oftentimes people are like, oh, so you just do Kegels. And we're like, absolutely not. There's a very extensive history, um, you know, that goes into all of it. We look at the meds and everything you eat, everything you drink, because that can give you the bladder symptoms. Mm -hmm. So people get to us because they have a bladder problem, a bowel problem, or a sex problem, um, or maybe menstruation, like pain or something. But we never look at just those things because it's all working together. So it's physical therapy, but it's much more holistic than Mm -hmm. the traditional. It's not just bones, muscles, ligaments, joints. There's a lot that goes into it. A lot. Yeah, your hoo-hoo's involved. I never (laughs) knew how much my hoo-hoo was really the core of this whole vessel. Yes. Because what you don't realize when you first go there, I mean, you get very intimate with your physical therapist there because the first time she puts on rubber gloves and you don't bend over and cough, but you do the other. You're you're just about in stirrups. And and tell me about that. Let's talk about walking through because it was intimidating at first to make the call, but I'd interviewed um, a lady who said she had a magician. And she was yes. postmenopausal. Yes. And she said, everyone needs one. Everyone, she was saying postmenopausal, but I say, really, if you've birthed anything, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or even if you haven't. Yeah. Or, that's right. Even if you yeah. haven't, but definitely if you're postmenopausal. Even if you haven't birthed anything, um, yes. you yes. all were telling me that even your pelvic floor, I guess, the laxity involved. Right. So that first appointment, you are wondering, what are you doing? And are you going to look at, you know, the fat on my stomach. Yeah. She looks at the fat on your stomach and everything because I had Brie. She does almost like a vaginal exam, but explain what that is. Yeah. So the first visit, we always tell people we're going to get to know you really, really well. We're going to ask all <laughs> Under, Understatement of the year. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I, I often said, I'm like, we're going to be best friends real fast and I'm going to be <laughs> up in y'all business real right, quick. Right, right. <laughs> so, but it's a, um, we want to have an extensive medical history from like 
what was your birth history? Like, have you yeah. had any pregnancies? What What's your diet like? Because every single piece of the puzzle helps us yeah. figure out a plan for you specifically. So talking to the patient for about 45 minutes to an hour, because sometimes we don't even get to the exam in the first visit because we're so involved in like your medical history. So then if an exam does happen, a lot of times um, there's there's obviously no stirrups, there's no speculum. It's right. like a, one small glove finger. Yeah. And a lot of people- I, I was like, teasing. I yeah. was being funny a minute ago, yeah. but yes, you're exactly <laughs> yes. right. With real small finger. Yeah. Um, and we can do an intravaginal exam because those the pelvic floor is full of muscles, just like anywhere else in the body. And we it's like ortho in a cave. We we just have to really know where we're going and we can help you by doing an internal and external exam. So it's much slower than your typical gynecology exam. Yeah, you know, sure. we get we take the time to get the history because we have the time. That's one really nice part of our job. And then we explain it on the pelvic model, you know. I usually yeah. say something like, let me just orient you to the space we're looking at and, you know, every bone there, every muscle that I'm looking for and then how I access that. And then I also try to link it back to them. I'll say, OK, so you told me you're feeling pain with intercourse and it feels like you're hitting a wall. That makes me wonder about this particular muscle because it usually gives that referral pattern. So I'm interested in that and just try to link it so they know. And then. I usually, and I think this is because I've been a patient myself, I'll do my exam with one finger and I show them externally what I'm doing with the other so they can connect their brain to their body. I'll, you know, do the same turns so that they can say, yes, that's it. Or that's not exactly it. It's mm -hmm. the same place, but that feels sharp and normally it's dull so that you start connecting because that's a big part of it. We are not healing you. You're healing you, right? We're just kind of pushing you in the right direction of what needs to be done. Yeah. But we're also looking outside the pelvis too. We're looking at your abdomen because everything here attaches here. Everything yeah. in your back attaches there. Your leg muscles attach to your pelvis. So we're looking at more than just this like awesome pelvis that we love. We're looking outside to zoom out and see like what is going on to help you. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Um, the other thing, so the um, pain during intercourse, I thought that was a postmenopausal condition. So that can be any time during your reproductive years, even. Yeah, any time. Yeah. Okay. Some, sometimes the first clue that you might have pain with intercourse is pain with any insertion, including mm -hmm. like tampons. Yeah. So I've treated 14 and 15 year old gals that started their period. They started trying to use a tampon and they can't get anything inside. And it's kind of the first sign of, oh, this might be an issue. So let's go ahead and fix it. And I love the parents that develop the relationship with yes. their kiddos where they're like, mom, I tried the tampon and it's not working. I mean, I had a parent text me this week. She was like, hey, we tried tampons and it's not working. Can you give me some tips on how to help my daughter? So I did. And then I was like, and if you need anything else, let me know. Because we know that's just a clue of right. what might happen. Got there. It. And there's so many clues like that in pelvic health where you're like, oh, this happened when you were 15. Of course, this mm -hmm. would be, yep. we would expect this. Sure. So can you fix anatomy? Yeah. So a lot of times the pain with intercourse is muscles, right? And so any other muscle that you have tight, your shoulders, your jaw, the back of, you know, neck muscles, the same reason people go to a masseuse. We can fix those muscles. We can help them function optimally. Um, you know, if there's a hymen issue, well, that's surgery. That's right. not us. Right. But we can guide you and fix it if we can. And if not, tell you what specialist to go to. Yeah. And that's rare. We're, we're, we're talking about muscular is more common with yes. probably yes. the approach. Yes, yes, yes. Be yeah. Because right. as our human bodies and our wear and tear and evolutionarily, yeah. you know, things have changed in the years. Yes. Right. Pain with intercourse, though, is surprisingly super, super common. And it's unfortunate, but like we're trying to get the word out that like, hey, you don't have to suffer with that. Like yeah. there is help because it's a lot of times, like Bethany said, it's a muscular dysfunction. That's it's like really three and four women. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Well, yes. Yeah. At some point in their lifetime, like even if it's like from the first time all the way like postmenopausal, some at some point, yeah. three and four women will have pain with intercourse. Well, 
That's I've had a million pains in my life. That's one I haven't had, but you know, it could, it could change in a minute. But now that I'm doing a penguin walk everywhere I go, uh, because that's one of the things. Aren't you glad I taught Brianne that exercise? (laughs) Yes, I am. And I love her by the way. She's just a doll. Now I have noticed there's an MAN at your facility. Does he do all the exams and all with people? No, that MAN in is married to Bethany and he is <laughs> a PT. Okay. Yes. And so he does all the other things. He okay. wants nothing to do with what we do. So when you were saying <coughs> work wife a second ago, I was like, Stephen is my actual husband, you know, so I'm his actual wife, but Bethany is his work wife. 100%. <laughs> So people know, pull the curtain back before we start recording, Darren, who I, he is my work wife and everything, and he's married to a man. So he, he's not interested in me. That. So that's the continuation of that conversation because I was saying uh, how much he does for me. So right. Darren, sorry for the shout out, shout out as we're talking about vaginas. <laughs> sorry we, about that. We treat the penises too, though. Don't worry no. about it. Well, let's talk about that because I do another podcast with my interior stylist, Larry West. And I was telling him one day about, I met a magician and he said, does that mean you had a adjustment? And yes, he goes, yes. <laughs> And then he said, for just a minute. (laughs) So I told him, I said, I think boys benefit from pelvic floor therapy too. So tell me about that. They have the same muscle. So they have a pelvis and also kids. Every single body has a pelvis. And so every single body has a pelvic floor. And so that's why we treat everyone. And men's symptoms sometimes sound like inability to get their urine to start or penile pain, testicular pain, pain in their anus. So sometimes it sounds different. It's not like, oh, I peed when I sneezed. It absolutely could happen. Mm -hmm. But typically it's like my testicle hurts or something like that. Or they've had a a prostate removal from like cancer cells. That surrounds the urethra. And when we take that out, they're more likely to have leakage. The thing that's interesting about men is that what we always joke about is like women will deal with something for 25 years before they show up in our office. A man may cough and pee or have some kind of leakage or some kind of pain. And within 10 minutes, they're like, excuse me, I need an appointment. (laughs) They're not going to suffer at all. They have no idea what we endured our entire life. Everything hurts when you're pregnant. Everything hurts after you've had a baby. So and you lose all your modesty. So after, I would say childbirth is the the most telling introspection into your mirror, into your own life. And so after that, you I think women do just think it's just part of it. It just well, that's, hurts. That's also what we've been trained to, to know, you know, for like, if you, if you pe- think people like of our mom's generation. So like yeah. my mom is 61. Easy, my, easy now. Easy no, now. no, I'm not calling so, you old, Lisa. I'm just no, saying, my mom, 61. So, like, your mom and I are locking arms. <laughs> so, our parents' age, like, this is not something that was talked about. Yeah. Like, my grandma had never heard of anything. She's like, oh, I mean, we just wore pads. Like, the art. She didn't, your grandma didn't know she had a clitoris, I bet. I mean, you know, she <laughs> you didn't know, know what any know, part I was. I don't know nothing. if she did. I'm not going to ask her Please either. Ask like, I'm going to call my grandma. Hey, Sylvia. Right. <laughs> no. So, I think that, that we just didn't talk about it combined with just the Southern hospitality of being a woman, right? right. Like, Oh, I'm not hungry. You go ahead and eat this or making sure you take care of everyone else, putting yourself on the back burner. So you combine this. We don't talk about that. Plus, eh, I'm sure I can deal with it. I'm going to make sure everyone else is taken care of leads to this generation of people that they actually think that it's normal. Not even just like, oh, that happens to some people, but like, oh, I'll reach the day where I'll pee when I sneeze Mm -hmm. and I'll have pain with sex. Like, all this stuff is so common. Mm-hmm. We're just accepting it as normal. And so we're out here on social media trying to be like, no, you don't have no. to. Good. And That's- did I believe ever I'd be talking about vaginas on the internet? No. But did, here I Did am. I think I would post <laughs> videos about the clitoris? No, but I do quite often. Now tell me your story is, did you like bump into each other at PT school and you both had similar names? You said, let's have a business. <laughs> So, no, it's a great story, actually. The man, the man at our clinic. Yes. So we were we've been dating since high school, and uh, we Hearns. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that we. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, we're dating since high school, and 
Bethan, Stephen, and I all ended up in the same class in college in one of our exercise physiology classes. And Steven, you and your high school boyfriend had the same major? Well, he played college basketball mm-hmm. and he wanted to do athletic training. Oh, okay. And that's, that's you unusual though. Yeah. Right. You can't mm-hmm. like um, do athletic training and your collegiate sport. And so he right. was like the next closest thing, physical therapy. So that's yes, funny. but um, he put his backpack on and it knocked Beth Ann's coffee over onto her <laughs> white blouse. And he just left. He left. Home. He left. And because he's an M A N, right? Yes. He completely was oblivious. And I completely was so oblivious. embarrassed. And I was like, <laughs> "I am so sorry. Can I get your shirt dry cleaned for you?" Because it was like, you know, in the day, like it was what fifteen years ago at this point. Like it was like a white button-down polo. Yes, I girl. Like, I know. Oh, I was like. This is ruined forever. <laughs> and so it was, anyway, which is fine. I think the apologies and the offer to make it better started yes. the friendship. So we have been friends since 2007 because we were in the same class. And then we went to PT school together and we're in the same study group because I learned very early on that Bethany is a lot smarter than I am. And I was like, I'm going to study with her. That was good. And so it ended up being us and Steven and another girl as a study group. And so like they helped me pass PT school. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. Girl, I've been hitching my wagon to smart people and all, you know, (laughs) the Darrens of the world all my life. We have different strengths. And I'm like, academia? Be Blake. (laughs) So I'm like, make friends with a smart person. And so we went through PT school together and then we worked at the same place. And then I wanted to start a business for a long time. And she was like, no. And then she was like, I want to. And then I was like, no. And then finally we were like, we're doing this. And so we did. And then COVID. And then COVID. We opened the week before COVID shut down. And but we were thriving through COVID. And so we were just like, you know what? This is what we're gonna do. And we're gonna just Good. put everything we have into it. And that's how we started. Were you at UCA and Conway for PT school? We were at Harding. We were the first Harding. class in our PT program at Harding. Is that right? That's we awesome. Harding is a great school. Were you undergrad at Harding too? Yes. Yes. So slash, your parents yeah, so your parents are bankrupt school. now. Okay, my parents didn't pay for my school, and I'm not going to shame them for that, but it taught you something. I'm not going to tell them I'm paying for it because the people that I know that ended up dropping out or whatever, the common denominator was always their parents paid for their school. But I think I knew I had it on the line. So I I do want to pay for my kids' school because I do have a lot of student loans and I don't like that, but whatever. I'm living the dream. Living the dream. I'll pay my bills as they come in. Um, but I want to try to pay for my kids' school. Well, the Lisa and Chris Fisher School of P- Asshole Parenting includes <laughs> when they lose their scholarship at, let's say, a big <clears throat> university where he, someone was an engineering major because mm-hmm. he had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what we said was, well, look, if you make, the, you pay your way, but if you make the three point or above, like you were supposed to on the scholarship, we'll reimburse you. Yeah, well, guess yeah. who didn't miss that. a study group? Guess who finished <laughs> engineering school yeah. with a really good guess? Get when yeah. kids have skin in the game, mm-hmm. it's amazing how all of a sudden that is the golden ticket. One hundred percent. So I do want to do something like that where yeah. there's skin in the game. That's a great idea. But, it's incentivizing yeah. them. We have this is another conversation, but we're all best mm-hmm. friends. We <laughs> have contracts with all of our kids as they reach adulthood where they're having autonomy to drive a car. It's yes. my car still. It's I'm right. paying the insurance. I'm paying right. the phone. So that's my phone. I can right. get the keys from that car because my car anytime, because that's part of the contract yeah, right. is when you work for somebody, they're like working for us, you know, right. and yeah. if you look at it that way. And then when they went to college, if you violate the contract, oh, then all the money dries up. Just like we should be doing with our lawmakers and people spending right. money. Right? You know? yes. So when I run for office, you know what it's based on? Contracts, parental contracts. Okay, let's move on to, um, the, here's another thing. When I tell people I'm going to the magician, they go, I'm doing my Kegels. And I went, not, not, Yes, thank you. Please stop. Help with that. <clears throat> okay, so, you know, Arnold Kegel... We are thankful for him for like just realizing, oh, there's muscles here. And it does make sense that people kegel. If anything's weak, if your arms are weak, anything, you're like, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to get stronger. So in the pelvic world, if you're like, oh, I'm leaking, maybe that's weakness. I'm going to go ahead and do my exercises. But what we know is the pelvic floor doesn't actually work automatically or it doesn't work 
It works automatically. I should yeah. say that. It's like blinking your eyes. They yeah. automatically blink when you need to. Sometimes there are times where like, I'm going to go ahead and help them blink. Maybe a bus yes. flying toward it. But the pelvic floor works automatically. So forcing it to work isn't very functional. And additionally, it can lead to pain. If your pelvic floor is already contracted, since it can hold stress there, sometimes people just hold their muscles there, doing Kegels is actually going to contribute to pain. So we just threw out the Kegels, in our opinion, with the bathwater. There's very yes. small amounts of times where we recommend Kegels, like very, very few, but mostly we just throw them out. Oh my, have I <laughs> found something? Have I opened a Pandora's box here? I just had my test results read to me at compounding at cornerstone.com. That's the website here in Little Rock, Arkansas, but all of my listeners can take advantage of the 20% off savings that you use Lisa at checkout to get the Dutch test. I did the Dutch. Um, my daughter did the saliva recently. We used 20% at checkout, actually, because we're in Arkansas. We walked in and said, Lisa at checkout. So you local folks can do that. But 20% off helps you a lot because it is pricier than the saliva. But guys, I had 19 pages worth of data that Allison Ingram, the pharmacist there, she studies it like she's studying for her PhD. Like she knows more about me than anybody else here on the planet. It's amazing what you find out on the Dutch. I have high melatonin. I kind of have low, low cortisol, which surprises me. Um, my estradiol looks good, but it could be better. My testosterone is good. You know, all these things that you find out. I even found out through that test that I have a little gut dysbiosis. And I've had all the other GI tests run, but this is so telling. Find them online, compounding at cornerstone.com. You'll click on our services and then underneath you will see the link for hormone therapy. Guys and gals, get you one. Compounding at cornerstone.com. Let's talk about why I started using the products from Beauty Counter. It was probably uh, maybe 2020. I'd heard about it for years, but I thought, really, does it make a difference? Yes, it does. These are the products. I mean, Beauty Counter is known. You go to ewg.org or go to their app and you put the Beauty Counter products in and they're the safest on the market. So that means no phthalates, no parabens. Um, those are things that are cancer causing. Those are things that disrupt your endocrine system. And boy, I talk a lot about estrogen and, and our hormones on this podcast. So I'm trying to protect mine and to protect mine and even my children and grandchildren. I'll give my girls something from Beauty Counter and say, here's the link, order something. And I'm saying that to you now because in February, if you're listening to this podcast in February of 2023, there is a discount for first time purchasers. And that's how I did it then. And I've been hooked ever since. And it's clean for all 30. That will be in the show notes. But I want you to try it. And they have a money back guarantee. I just sent something back yesterday because I didn't like the smell. It was, I've even changed out my deodorant everything because of anything that is in contact with my skin. I try to be really pristine about it. And I didn't love the smells. Free shipping back and I'll just order some more. Not a big deal. But link is in the show notes. Consider clean for all 30, 30% off. It's a great deal, guys. You'll love it. Beautycounter.com slash Lisa Fisher. Then the main complaint you, what brings people, all the girls to the yard? Is it peeing, the, the, the urination, the trickle after they cough, sneeze, get on a trampoline? I think it's a good, I think a good mix, a, an unfortunate mix of, yeah. of incontinence, obviously, like yes. pee, when you cough, sneeze, laugh, urinary urgency, frequency, anything with urine. We've got people with constipation, but I would say pain with sex is a huge component okay. of our practice. All right. All right. Just pelvic pain in yeah. general. I feel like, you know, <clears throat> what we do is pretty specialized. And I think it takes a lot for a patient to say, hey, I have an issue with this because number one, they might not even realize it's an issue. Right. So then they go to their yearly exam and the doctor's like, hey, just checking in. How's everything going? And they're like, good. And they just get their pap and move on, right? So they didn't tell their doctor, but it's because they didn't know it was an issue. The doctor didn't ask because they said, how's everything going? And they're like, good. And then maybe they it does slowly start to come out. And sometimes people don't know that there's an option. And other times it gets swept under the rug. Like, oh, you're part of being a woman. Yeah. So sometimes we have these people that come in with just pelvic pain in general for years and years and years, and they've tried all these, you know, different treatments, but never pelvic floor mm -hmm. PT. 
I would also say low back pain and hip pain are yeah. a huge, really? huge issue that the pelvic floor is one of the main causes of those. So what is out of whack then if you're having low back pain and those kind of issues? Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? So the pelvic yeah. floor could be in spasm. So the muscles could just be so tight. Then that refers to different areas of your body. Right. The pelvic floor could be weak making it ha- like harder. Cause if you think of your pelvic floor at the bottom, when we're standing all, all of the pressure that all of it's holding up our body weight. And so if something's going off or something's like an alarm's going off, it's going to probably refer to your back or your hip, but those muscles attribute to the, the low back and hip all the time. So it's like the foundation <clears throat> yeah. of your spine, like the pelvic floor actually attaches to the coccyx, the yeah. tailbone, which is the very you know mm-hmm. bottom of the spine. So Oftentimes we get people that have failed PT, Mm -hmm. you know, many times for low back pain and they end up with us because of leakage or something. And we're able to fix that back pain too. And they're like, well, this was an added bonus. Yeah. Really? If anyone's running for office, it's going to be (laughs) y'all. Better watch out. You never know. Women would probably be fine. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, uh, what will we call the campaign? Women for undercarriages. We can help your undercarriage. And yeah, guys will think it's about, they'll think it's about cars. So they'll vote yeah. for you. Yes. Yes. Women will know differently. I think mm-hmm. that's um, one of the things as we age, we do take, we just think it's part of it. But, you know, somebody in the room here, you know, me, had to start <laughs> getting a little uh, light day pad in my underwear. Yeah. Because I was like noticing, I was going, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So do you get leakage even if, okay, I do laugh a lot. I'm not a big cougher. So do you think I'm laughing through the day and it was trickling or just life you can sometimes still leak? Yeah. I mean, bending, even something like bending over, you know, you get pressure from your abdomen that goes down into your pelvis and that can cause some leakage. Uh, lifting anything. If you, if that's a shocker, that's yeah. a shocker. And so Bree told me, because when you go through the evaluation, she said, well, I, I confess that a few years ago I had tripped. This was like three years ago. And this is the first time I noticed it. I had tripped. And when I did, I kind of teeteed on myself. Yeah. I and, also love that you said, I confessed. I know, right? <laughs> <Like> you said. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's not something you really talk about in social media. Yeah. You talk right. about a good hair day, you know, or a surprise yes. party. Not yeah. that you. And she that said, oh, that ha- she said that happened. She and so I Googled it, of course, and I saw where other women said they had fallen and they had like, you feel like you peed yourself, but it, it wasn't my whole bladder. So what what's going on there between brain and pelvic area? Okay. I think sometimes there's so many things. For one thing, when you're saying I had to start wearing a light pad, yeah. like, well, we used to think it was age and maybe tissue like pliability. Yeah. So we're like estrogen will help. And you know, it does. As yeah. we know, you're about to get your pellet. Um, so, you know, there's some that there's some new studies about your hip rotation, mm-hmm. um, affecting, you know, it changes in age and it affects wow. the pelvic health. And so, you know, when, like you were saying, it started happening to me, we have teenagers that leak. Like, yeah. There's oh. it's more than 80%, it was somewhere like 87% of female athletes have incontinence. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Y'all, so, yeah, that, it's a wonder yeah. they still go out there and hustle. Yeah. Well, right? I treated a softball pitcher. Because every time she went around and leaped, she peed on herself. Yeah. One of my yeah. college girls, she chose Harding um, because they wore black spandex. Mm-hmm. And she knew she couldn't get, go <laughs> she to knew. school that didn't wear black spandex. Yeah. yeah. So I love her. <laughs> I know. It's all ages. But oh, that's the thing, I think that could be a pressure management, yeah. a, a kind of a panic. I'm holding my breath and you land. Yes. It yes. could also be a stress thing. Also, like. Yeah. Have you, do you have a dog or have you been around a dog when they're panicked and they just like pee on the floor? Yes. So annoying. Yeah. Yes. So like, did you feel like you were maybe kind of panicked when you were falling? Like sometimes it's yeah. like, we're, yes. I'm just out yeah. here to save my life. Yeah. I went down a few stairs oh, and yeah. landed and it wasn't much. It wasn't landed. You know, more that's hurt is your pride and the fact that right. you know, like, I just peed. Yeah. So I didn't know. I just thought I had some type, you know, I, I go from it's nothing 
to the worst disease there is, like Same. rather quickly. Yeah, Same. I've got the, I've I've got the internet. <laughs> yeah, and I Google oh, things. Me, yeah. I'm Thank gonna you. stay over here. <laughs> Thank you. And then the other thing I noticed was so because I'm telling my bladder who's at boss here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had gone to lunch. I didn't go to the bathroom afterwards, like I always did, because I'd always jick. Yes. Leaving yeah. leaving the restaurant, even though I'd been there an hour, you know, I'd still just go pee. So I held it. Uh, we were out at Sullivan's. Then I had a, to run an errand. Then I went to Costco and, you know, there are big cases to pick up of water. Yeah. And when I was in a certain bend, I did that. I felt like, oh, I got a yeah. little TT. And she said, Brie was saying it was also because my bladder was pretty full at that point. Mm-hmm. So does that mean the muscles do, do they just relax? It kind of depends. It's it's really hard to know like all of these things without like assessing, but we can give you like a couple of scenarios. Yeah. Like either A, it was so full and you just bit at the right angle that it like kicked yeah. your urethra and it was just like boom. Or it was super full. Then the I'm I'm when people no, lift up no. heavy things, yeah. sometimes they hold their breath, which yep. puts a little extra pressure yes. down. Yep. So if you have a full bladder and you're holding your breath and you're kind of doing this, you know, yeah. over the yes. basket, extra strain. It's just the pressure. Yeah. It was like the perfect storm. Yep. So breathing is real important at that point. Yes. yes. Picking it up, breathing. Yep. Breathing. Right. So this, you know, if you think about it, you do already know that. You know, mm-hmm. people like if men are holding their breath, lifting something heavy, we usually see hernias. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see oh. power lifters or athletes or whatever. Yeah. They, yes. they end up getting a hernia. Well, women have an extra orifice, an extra opening. Yep. So they don't, their pressure doesn't need to go to the little inguinal, you know, <laughs> canal that where people get hernias. It goes through the vagina. Yep. And so people start to leak uh, or get prolapse or something like that. I didn't know why they were in the gym why the breathing thing was so important, but now mm-hmm. I can kind of see. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the other thing that has really surprised me. And I, if we can, now we, we are on camera here and some of you do watch on YouTube. I'm a YouTube sensation with like 50 downloads on these podcasts. <laughs> it's about to be more. I know I had pioneer woman and I had a bunch of downloads on that one, but <laughs> with this, I don't know if one of you could even show us, but then you'd be out of the screen. But what are some basic things? The other thing Bree taught me was as we age, um, balance is very, very important and we lose balance. And I said, why is that? Because, you know, I do work out, I do eat healthy, all those things. She said, doesn't matter. The sensations on your feet start to dissipate. Your mm-hmm. equilibrium is off. Things that you take for granted. And that's why your grandmother fell. She said, that's why old people fall, go into the bathroom in the middle of the night, because they may not even be able to trip, put their leg over something on the floor because of they get disoriented and some other things. So what are some things anyone listening right now that would benefit all ages, but especially those over 45 or 50, what are some things you think are really important to keep our core strength good? Now, what one thing you all are having me do, it sounds so silly, but to stand by a chair on one leg. You're like, yeah. well, can everyone do that? Well, go try it, Miss <laughs> Know-It-Alls. Right. <laughs> so so dur- uh, uh, during worship last week, I stood on one leg and praised the Lord. And yeah, then I stood yeah. on the other leg. That's making it even harder. We right. love that. I was so, practicing. Yeah. A lot of single leg, I think what a lot of people don't do in their workouts are single leg exercises, which will actually make your double leg things better. So a single leg stance or, or standing on one leg will actually make your squat better because your glutes, you're training both sides, not as much compensation. So I would also say we bring balance into Mm -hmm. pelvic health therapy because when the pelvic floor is working, the core is working. So core is part of your balance system. We can't fix the sensation on your feet. We can't fix the equilibrium in your ears, but we can fix your core and pelvic floor, which contributes to balance. Something else we do is just get our people lifting weights. Yes. Strong, it's wolf's all. Stronger muscles, stronger bones. So if you did fall, yes. hopefully yeah. we're not breaking anything. Yeah. yeah. So we're yeah. working on core and pelvic floor. We're working on balance because that's also holistic. Even though you came for one particular mm-hmm. thing, you're a whole human. Like, I yeah. don't I don't want to see you in a year seeing Steven, the MAN at our clinic. <laughs> the MAN, right. Right. 
So, you know, some of that too, but some of the exercises, I would say the single leg, I love that as long as you're close to something to hold on and anything but and hips and weight. So the penguin walks you're talking about with the Mm -hmm. band around your feet, or some people Mm -hmm. can do it on their knees. And I like to add a band above Mm -hmm. the head. So you're doing the same exercise. You have a band low and high because then you kind of get some double duty and you're getting your um, core because you have resistance above. And And you're kind of squatting. You're kind of lower. So anyone listening, you put... Step to the side. Yeah. 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 Right. Step to the side. Like if you have those bands on, you know, around your knee and then one above your head and you're just walking sideways Mm -hmm. and it's getting your hips, your core... Um, I don't always give people the above the head immediately because that takes out part of your safety mechanism. Mm-hmm. If I haven't worked with you personally and I don't okay. trust that you can yeah. walk with your hands <laughs> yeah. attached, you know, then we don't give that for home. So we're like, what's safe? Even standing up and sitting down out of a chair, yes. kind of like a squat. I mean, that I always start so my functional. up and down. It's so functional because how many times do we stand up and sit down yeah. every single day? Off the toilet? Yep. You're never going to have a lift toilet. Ever. Out of a car? Uh, out of your right. recliner? Like off the couch? Right. Anywhere. And and so we do that with one leg extended. And that's yes. One and thing. then you can add in that when your balance is a little bit bigger. Okay. Or better, not bigger. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so that that those are important things. Um, another thing, because I'm sure it was illegal today when I was at the Little Rock Athletic Club showing this woman who's pregnant with her fifth child. This is what they taught me at Arkansas Pelvic Health. Because she's <laughs> going to come see you after the fifth one comes. Like she said, I'll she text you in a few months now before yeah. her fifth one comes. Oh wait, should she come even before the oh, baby's born? One hundred percent. We love treating pregnancy because you shouldn't have back pain or hip pain in pregnancy. But I'm texting that her. When we hang up, I'm texting her because she her thought it was after she's 30. She's okay. She's 32 weeks since her fifth. Yes. Time. But I was yeah. showing her something else. I said, well, the other thing they have me do is just standing here, but pulling one band down. So yeah. is that because it's giving me core, That's core yeah. strength? Okay. The yeah. little things we take for granted, not realizing that it benefits all of it. Right. So most of our exercises, because we know we have you a very short segment of your entire day and then week and then month and then life is every exercise we give usually targets multiple things for multiple reasons because like the mom of about to be five you know you can't give her an hour homework to do she's not gonna have time but can i give her two things and that targets okay you know 15 yes okay i'm totally gonna text her i would say her name but you know hippa i don't want yeah I act like she's mine, but, um, okay. The Um, other thing you all say, so I started following you for some reason and I got so tickled because you said, we're the place that we talk about pee and poop and sex, which I thought was so cute because they're, Um, they're, they're all part of pregnancy that we do is perineal stretching, which statistically, you know, in research shows that it decreases the risk of tearing during vaginal deliveries. And it helps the second stage of labor. So you have a much better labor process and then a faster recovery because you did pelvic floor going into your delivery. Now we're going to turn our attention to poop. And right. this is like, if you were a five-year-old or a 10-year-old boy, they would think this is so funny. <laughs> but this isn't funny. So the pelvic floor, I guess, has so much control on how it holds, both if your colon is full mm-hmm. or by then you're at, it's past the colon. What's if the bladder has urine at that point, what's holding the poo? The rectum. The rectum. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it sits on the floor of the pelvis. That's why we talk about pee, poop, and sex all day. (laughs) It's in our cave. It's in our cave. (laughs) This is TMI. I'm like, probably not. Probably not. We heard it before. (laughs) We straight up have. But your poop tells you so much about your body. Like, we there's there's this thing called the Bristol. Bristol stool scale and it has seven types of poop and a picture of what they look like. And yeah, I show yeah. it to all of my clients of like, yeah. what is your most common type of bowel movement that you have? Because that's going to tell me a lot about your diet, all the things. Dr. Oz did that years ago. And I remember like that was the thing. And so as a mother, I would say to my kids, because I, you know, we're thyroid patients, which is constipation, which means you have O's. And remember, he would say, no O's. We want no snakes. O's. We want snakes. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. And so yeah. I would always, and my kids still will grow up and go, mom, please just don't ask if we have O's. You know, <laughs> I, I kind of want to know what their thyroid's doing. Yeah. Please don't ask out loud if we have yeah. O's. But we don't want O's, so we don't want constipation. Right. And then what are, what is, then what's the prettiest poop we want? What, we what, what does it look like? I tell my toddlers, I'm like, we don't want blueberries. We want right. bananas. We want, smooth, we want smooth, we want smooth, and it can be slightly lumpy, but like a long piece of stool that's either smooth or slightly lumpy. That's what we're looking for. We should have had a disclaimer that if this is during your lunch hour, or <laughs> please do not listen. <laughs> right, don't listen to your morning. Right. But as an intermittent faster, I hope you're not eating till later today anyway. So you may be okay. Um, yeah. Never thought that poop would mean something, but poop means something because of the control. And, and the other thing I told Brie was I noticed that my bladder holds more if my bowels are empty. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So like kiddos, um, if they're peeing a ton and you're like, dude, you like, I deal with this with my six year old a lot. Cause he doesn't want to stop playing with his hot wheels right. like, mm-hmm. to use the bathroom, but he'll have to pee like three times in two hours. And I'm like, boy, go sit on the toilet. And he's like, I don't need to poop. And I'm like, your clues say otherwise. <laughs> and so he'll go and sit on the toilet and poop. You know, and the kids that are like peeing a lot in their sleep still, especially past age seven, mm-hmm. usually they're constipated. Yep. Their bladder won't hold because their bowels are full. Okay. Now, and we have to have the conversation. You need to be emptying your bla- your bowels every day. Every day to every other day is what we okay. like. Every other day is considered still normal. So we don't want to be like, you You have to poop every single day because that puts a lot of pressure on people. But the bowels really like a routine. They want to go at the same time, at the yeah. same place. They like the same toilet most of the time, but yeah. every single day or every other day. So when you're traveling then and you have a car ride, you go ahead and do that one big bladder empty, but then do you refrain from liquids in the car like most of us? Because you don't want your husband, ne- you know, my husband's a camel, he pees on Mondays and Fridays. <laughs> like, how do y'all do it? So I would say if you're traveling, you know, constipation's a real thing. We call it vacation constipation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and usually sure. it's because your activity is different and what you're eating and drinking is different. So yeah. I encourage people to go ahead and still be drinking in the car just like they normally would. And okay, if you're holding normal amounts, that's only stopping at once every two to three hours. Like that's that's still a long stretch of time. Mm -hmm. So if a lot of people start to withhold because they're gonna have to stop all the time, well, Uh that's probably because you're withholding, right? We already discussed more water is helpful for that Mm -hmm. longer holding. So yeah, I still drink normally and same. Yeah. Then I I even told Bree that now because, you know, I think I really am trying to stretch three to four hours. And it was about nine o'clock and I really had to empty my bladder because I hadn't peed since six. And I'd had liquids probably with my meal. And then I go to bed at 10 and I was going, do I or don't I? And yes. Bree said, Jick she said, do it. yeah, that's yeah. one of the acceptable times of jicking. Like if you're going to go before, <laughs> like on a long car trip or something like jick before and then get in the car, but in like one time before bed, but don't go like three to four times before bed. Yeah. That's, that's going to create some really poor habits. And not every time you leave the house, save right. it for the appropriate times, right. you know, Jick if you're going on a really long car ride, jick before bed. And I say the same thing about hovering over the toilet. Sit your butt down on the toilet every the toilet. time you use it. Unless you're in a porta potty at Mardi Gras, hover. Do not sit on that. I, I still sit on it because your skin is a great barrier. And I know Bethany's a total germaphobe, and I just am not. You have to I save agree. it for the appropriate times. <laughs> but no, if you do that, you're not going to empty your bladder as well as you normally you- would if you sit down. When you're ooched up, you can't get to a position where you can really You cannot fully relax the pelvic floor muscles when you are at an incline. No. Well, then that brings up the squatty potty because, you know, I bought one a few years ago. We love the squatty potty. But then I was so embarrassed. (laughs) But I was so embarrassed to have to pull it out and then put it back in. I don't want my husband to know I poop. What? You, let me tell you a secret, though. I bought it for our house, and I caught my husband finally using it after so long. I was like, yeah. I promise, Chris Travis, you would poop so much better if you just put your feet on this stool. He's like, no, no, no. 
But I'll tell you this, I got my brother one for Christmas and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, he called me the day after and was like, that was the best poop I've ever taken in my life. I said, you're welcome. So does he pull it? Does he like hide it someplace no, else? Cause no, they're bulky. It's the gift, man. You just, you just okay. push it under your toilet. They make really, they make they slender make ones. ones. They make pretty ones. They make, uh, like, mine was a, Earth. Mine was a big one. Oh, okay. They yeah. make really pretty ones and they tuck up under the toilet yeah. too. But here's the thing. If you're not peeing and pooping, you're literally dead. Yeah. So like, let your husband enjoy you being alive. Come on. <laughs> like, he knows you pee and poop. Like, I would say 35 years of marriage. There are no secrets. 100% he knows that you're going to poop yeah. and it's okay. <laughs> we got it. It's just the other, that thing was so bulky. It's at the Goodwill on Highway 10 if anyone wants it. Because I, it was just so. <laughs> Get yourself was, a pretty I'm going to get a smaller one because truly we want our stance so that our knees are closer to our chest and our hips are in a certain level yeah, or we want position. Slightly above our hips so that that colon angle can be just like, it should well, just wait a minute. Out let's, breathing. I mean, let's talk about dogs when they poop, how they ooch down. Well, and, and how about toddlers who scrouch down. Like that's how we, our bodies are meant yeah. to poop. And our toilets here in the U.S. are usually high, yeah. um, you know, so you don't have to like stand. It's not as hard to stand up, but like but in other countries, they're low, even really right. low or right. just like a hole. And yes. we have more constipation than any other country. Now, it could be some food we're going to acknowledge yes, that, I agree. but it I also agree. could be the mechanical issues. Yeah. So knees above hips with your feet still um, supported, like holding them up and no. two minute muscle contraction. Wait, Even so if you're not- on your tiptoes, just relax your feet because if you're on your tiptoes, your pelvic floor is still slightly contracted. Okay. So not head and shoulders, knees and toes, but it's <laughs> right, right. knees above your butt and hips, yes. and hips, knees above your, okay. Yes, exactly. forward. <laughs> right. And, okay. Unless you have because- Unless you have a rectocell, lean back. Unless you have what? A rectocell. It's a it's, it's a, a form of a prolapse, yeah. but it's the backside oh. of the vagina. And those people are going to poop better leaning backwards. Yep. Okay. Now that, I have a friend who had 10 pregnancies. And that 10th one, like all of it almost came out. Like her yeah. rectum prolapsed. Oh, yeah. Super common. Uh, so, yeah. so Mrs. Duggar, we know what you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was pregnant. She had this girl had nine and 10 pound baby pregnancies. Right, I mean, and-, and it's just the genetic cards you're dealt with. Right. Some people can okay. have a ton of kids and literally zero pelvic floor issues. And some people can have no kids and all the pelvic floor <laughs> issues. Like okay. there's no predicting it. All you can do is set yourself up for success the best way possible and deal with your genetic cards as they come, you yeah. know, <laughs> fix what you can as you need it. Yeah. But yeah, people can have prolapse after one kid. People can have prolapse without any children at all. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was multiple pregnancies, yeah. so I didn't know. Yeah. Now, uh, the other benefit about um, having a relationship with y'all is you take my health insurance. So it's, yeah, it's yes. health insurance does cover. And Bree said that I have 12 visits, but I might graduate earlier if I'm doing better. So yeah. look at you, compliance and home program. Is 12 about what people, what you think of when people come? It kind of varies. I mean, I think it also varies on like each person individually, uh, individually, like some people have like four visits, some people have six, some people have, we'll treat people for years, you know, some people have long lasting conditions that will need therapy forever. Um, But it just, it's independent on your case. Yeah. The layers of things that you have going on. Sometimes people come in and they're like, oh, I just have this. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, we get that better. They're like, oh, but my back's hurting now. And it's because we finally got their pelvic floor to relax Mm -hmm. to its proper position. We realize their back is actually unstable. Right. We got to do some back exercises now. So there's like just layers that happen. But I would say traditionally my patients that are just like, you know, they've been dealing with the same problem five to 10 visits and they're being like, girly, do I even need you anymore? But I do have probably 10 or so patients that are kind of lifers. You know, they have many, many, many comorbidities, sucky genetic cards, even though they're doing everything they can. It's just like, they need a little bit of extra help. But shouldn't we be, I will be doing these exercises then at home to keep my balance, to keep yeah, all right. the things, all the parts working. That's, right. that's, that's what like, I think is so important. Yeah, yeah, that's pelvic health. And that's also just balance and bone mm-hmm. health and all of those things. So 
exercise in general is good and she'll give you exercises, but there's no way she's going to say, if you don't do these, all this is coming back. Like you might be fine. Yeah. Right. But we're just trying to set yourself up for success to be the best possible. Okay. Well, tell that M-A-N, hello, I've seen him there. (laughs) (laughs) We will. And he's nice, but I just was like, ooh, is he going to do the exam? No. Girls do the exam and he does the fluffy everything else. And he's also taken the female athlete course. Yeah. He's so, and he's so good. We've worked with him, you know, forever. And so because of what we do, he is very knowledgeable in what we do because he is around us all the time, but you gotta, you gotta consider him a trooper because he works with like 13 women. (laughs) Like bless it. Bless it. He's a good man. He's a good man. (laughs) Well, I hope you do have boys then at home to dig in the dirt and get their, you know, do all the things the boys do. So you said you have a son. He gets it in. Yeah, she has two. Yeah. Two boys. And what do you have? I have a boy and two girls. Good. Good. So we'll be doing this forever. I mean, you'll be talking about undercarriages until you die. So Right. But here's what we're doing different, though. I'm teaching my daughter and my sons Mm -hmm. because they... You know, 50% of the population has periods. Yeah. You know, I'm going to teach yeah. them about periods. They're going to have a partner and have sex. Probably, you know, I'm going to yeah. let them know about all the ins and outs of those. Because yeah. I think part of some of the issues we have is just under education. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. can start how we are on this podcast and on social media and just being out there. But teaching our kids. Yeah. Right. Our kind of our accidental goal here is working ourselves out of a job. Like, <laughs> people can just right. have optimal health, public health. Like I can find something else to do. That's Ooh. right. I'm sure we could just be doing running the circuit, just being cute together because y'all yeah. are adorable. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. And let's tighten those undercarriages, people. Yes. Let's tighten those Thanks for having Thanks us. Having us, Lisa. Great job. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com. It's Lisa Fisher time.